Welcome to Season 3, Episode 5 of the uh, Citizens of the Internet. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. Welcome back. It's, uh, how was your New Year's? Actually, it was very fun. I watched a virtual version of fireworks because my area wasn't allowed fireworks, but that didn't stop anybody. Um, I watched a couple over my fence and uh, I just ate whatever I wanted and brought in the new year. Really? Same here. I We ate a lot. So we got a grill and a smoker. Oh, so yeah. We were smoking meat and I was learning, you know, from my mom, you know, firsthand how to smoke meat, how to, you know, work firewood and like really keep a fire you know because fire is very interesting it's a whole skill it's a whole skill mm -hmm. it's a whole skill line to activate mm -hmm. you know you got to learn how to like get the spark and then you got to learn how to like grow it maintain it maintain it you can shrink it you can make oh wow whole science to it yeah barbecuing is a real talent i understand in runescape the levels right so in runescape the characters will have like attack slash defense, but then they'll have like secondary skills like wood chopping, tree. And I would ask myself like, what goes into the process of all these? Like, I thought they just want us to, like, to do the task, mm -hmm. get to XP, level up. But now that I'm doing the task, like cooking food, okay, there's a certain level you gotta reach to be able to make bread. <laughs> yes. You know, bread, you know, making bread was one of the easiest things to do in RuneScape. Oh, and RuneScape. Yeah, the, I mean, RuneScape. That was that was the thing. I've never played. I just heard a lot about it, but I've never played before. Really well. It's classic. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So, man, you know, it's been really crazy in the country it lately. Has it definitely has from the Capitol storming to the Georgia runoff. Mm -hmm. Great victory, by the way. Great victory. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It depends on what side you're on. We're Great. on the right side. <laughs> <laughs> Or the left side. I don't know. <laughs> we're on the side of America. We're, no, we're on the side of the internet. That's the side we're on. Yeah, we are. Side of the people. But yeah, man. So uh, when I heard the Capitol was being stormed, it didn't really fade. I was like, okay. Me too. Like what? Me too. I did not think there would be that many people there. I thought it would be like 50 people. And they'd be just scattered and unorganized. I mean, they were unorganized. But because there were so many of them, mm -hmm. it didn't matter that they unorganized if anything it made things worse it was a horde it was a horde of people like when i saw photos so the night before i mean this should have been the pre like the capital storming the night before should have been the precursor because all around the country right the day before the proud boys were mm -hmm. fighting the police officers the day before and when i saw the news i was like okay wow that's well i mean that's crazy that's different and then the next day they stormed the capital like come on i we should have connected two and two together that these people they're going to get active mm -hmm. yeah especially after trump gave that little speech of like we're marching to the capitol and we're going to be cheering but not really cheering and he literally said that that's crazy yeah you know he he did this uh during the florida when mm, when they they were counting ballots yeah in florida he had them storm the poll centers the voting centers to Make the uh, vote counters frazzle, you know, make the vote counters, the vote counters nervous. Mm -hmm. They miscount, maybe leave, fear for their life. Yeah. So he did it again. I feel like it's it should be some sort of illegal, right? Inciting <clears throat> a riot. Yeah. I mean, it is illegal. So, but no one's doing anything about it. Presidential, 
presidential privilege, right? He he could kill someone and be okay. I'm not saying anything, but presidents have a certain amount of leeways. But not, I'm sure killing someone is not a well. Well, then where do you draw the line? I'm well. Once he gets out of office, then we'll see, yeah, then we'll see what's happening. Yeah, right. Then we'll see what's going down. Um, but yeah, man, that Atlanta election was very nerve wracking. Like, yeah, it was. I feel like that story. It's kind of small, but if you really dig deep. A lot went into that Atlanta mm-hmm. win, right? Because John Ossoff, so it was, um, it was. Who are we talking about, Kelly or Raphael? No, we're. I, I want to talk about the all the people who okay. were doing the runoff. Mm-hmm. So we had Raphael Warnock, right? Kelly Lofer, mm-hmm. and then we had John Ossoff and David Perdue. Right, so uh, Warnock is the fat first black senator in Georgia's history. Mm-hmm. That's good. Like, it's and, a big, big step. Real big, big step. <clears throat> and Kelly Loafer is a hardcore Republican. Mm-hmm. Right, and when I was, you know, if you were just a passerby and you were just to see the names, like, okay, like, okay, black guy won, no problem, but. That guy won a victory he shouldn't have won. Yeah. That he was going to lose. Yeah, it's actually a really crazy story. Because I thought that he won because he was a reverend. And so there's still some sort of conservatism to him. Um, But what actually happened was something I did not think about. Or even fathom. You know, know, he is pro-Medicaid. You know, he helped. He was working to help expand Medicaid and whatnot. And um, this guy's record, you know, uh, Raphael Warnoff, he is a he's a reverend at a church, right? His whole life is dedicated to God, but then he had one incident, right, where him and his wife got in a verbal altercation in public, and she called the police on him. Mm-hmm. You know, I think she said that he ran over her foot, but no, like there was no damages on her, and, and like nobody arrested him. The cops came, and nothing happened. But it still went on his record. And she used that against him when he became a big challenger uh, against her. Like, she was like, look at his records. You know, Who, who's she? Uh, Kelly? Lo- yeah, Kelly Loafer. Leffler. Yeah, Leffler. She mm-hmm. used that as an attack on his character. Mm-hmm. Crazy. You know, this guy, squeaky clean, church guy, you know, religious man, dedicated to the community. He was born and raised in Georgia, too. And she's questioning his legitimacy. She's not even from Georgia. She's from Chicago. Yeah. Like, what is she doing here? Yeah, she moved over there. She wanted an easy win. That's messed up. You know, as a black man, you got to be, ab- you got to go above and beyond. All the time. You got to be squeaky clean all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why, you know, my mom, she was very like, you'll be careful. You'll be careful. She was very like, you got to be careful. And I, and I really didn't understand it. And I, I got it, but I didn't get it, get it. Mm-hmm. But now I'm starting to get it. And that's very unfortunate because it's not like that everywhere, you know. <clears throat> it's not like that in other, like, you know, if if a black person were to go back to Africa, he wouldn't have this hyper-awareness. He wouldn't always have to be on his guard watching his back. That's why when Malcolm uh, went to Mecca, right, when Malcolm was in America, he was like, oh, there can never be equality. Races can never mix. 
there's always going to be racism. But then he went to Mecca under Islam. You're all one. You're all one people. So he saw the Hajj and he saw people of different ethnicities, different nationalities working together. Like mm-hmm. there was no animosity. There was no, I'm a black man. There was no, I'm this, I'm that. Mm-hmm. So his views changed. He became, okay, like we all got to come together. And that's when, you know, black people, the Chinese people, the Asians, the Vietnamese, the South Americans, that's when we started seeing a lot of unity. Mm-hmm. Religion? Well, not religion, but when around the era when Malcolm X came back from Africa, mm-hmm. came back from Mecca, and then they killed him. Yeah. Right. Anytime someone starts talking about unity, they kill him. Yeah, they do. Yeah. But I'm not talking about unity. So don't don't come after me. <laughs> um but back to Kelly the the senator. She crazy story about her right about her loss. So during the time when sports athletes were getting a lot political, getting more political, she you know, the NBA players were wearing jerseys like I can't breathe. Kaepernick was kneeling. I don't know why she had to open her mouth, but she wrote a letter to her players, her female players, because she has a WNBA team, the Atlanta Dream. Mm-hmm. It's a cold name. I like it. And she told them that she is denying the movement and she doesn't support it. You know, they're going to side with Trump, keep politics out of sports and the you know the women were like we're not going to take that lying down yeah what did you expect honestly yeah like what like slavery is over my like come on you can't be telling people what to do they have they can say no they have a voice to say no and so they did and they organized and they 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 uh found her competitor warnock raffia warnock and they wore vote for warnock and so that was the biggest endorsement he's gotten so at that point, before the team had endorsed him, where was he at? He was at 4%. He was not going to win. Oh he was not going to win. Poor thing. He had no spice, no flair, kind of just a good guy that you overlook. Yeah. But because she was just so bad. And that's crazy because she- he's a good guy too. She thought that doing so would secure her spot, right? It would make her seem, because she, she thought she was in Georgia. She th- and that's the thing though. Um, and I understand why people can say that we are in the matrix because the reality that we perceive is not the reality that exists, mm-hmm. right? She was in the matrix. She was put into that, you know, she was recommended by Brian Kemp, the governor of Atlanta. So you could say that her whole entire mm-hmm. life, she's kind of been like moving and people have been putting her in position. They've been putting her on privilege, sort of say, due to privilege protecting her. She's never really ran a a race or I'm not going to say she's never earned anything because I'm sure she, you know, she's educated. She's made it to where she is. So she has worked hard for stuff. But at the level that she should be competing in, she wasn't smart enough to understand that, you know, siding with Trump. Like as a senator, your, your allegiance is to the country, not to the president. Mm-hmm. And she allied herself heavy, heavy, heavy with the Trump administration. And that was where she messed up. I think it was because Trump, um, you know, correlates himself to being the America that people want. And mm-hmm. so she thought that by aligning him, herself with him, 
it would also be for the American people. Yeah, she was trying. She she was trying to ride. She was trying to ride the Trump train. She got dumped, uh, and it's crazy because she was only in, in office for one year. Like, how do you mess up that bad? Like, how the whole system is working for you? The governor is on your side. The governor, they suppress black votes. Right, everything is lined up for you. All you got to do is just not miss. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is just not fumble the bag. And she did it. She fumbled the bag. And my boy Raphael scooped up the fumble and ran it <laughs> and ran it to the end zone. Right? It's like it's like what Marshawn Lynch says. Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Or or is it also Mike Tyson? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Either <laughs> maybe both. Both. Yeah. It's, it's the mindset. You, you think you got a plan until something, you know, disrupts you and her thinking she could be the slave master to her basketball players is what really got her messed up. Yep. Her confidence. Yeah. And she was one of the senators that were like, she was, you know, she was enabling Trump. She was one of those, <clears throat> she supported his lawsuit against the presidential election, right? When Trump was saying that this election was stolen, the electorates are deceitful. The votes came up out of nowhere. The mail-in votes, right? Crazy. And she, she you know, she like, come on, like, like, just sit there and eat your food. And then after they stormed the Capitol on the sixth, she recanted. She's like, all right, I take no it back. Way. I take it back. Yeah, she took it back. I mean, but at that point, it was too late. Too you late. already lost. However, more so for the record, <laughs> right? Everybody that like, it's like. They made their bed and they don't want to lie in it. They want to, like now that everyone is turning on Trump, they want to get away as far as possible and distance themselves. As far well, as possible. honestly, it doesn't mean anything to us because just because you, for the record, decided you're you're no longer with Trump doesn't mean you did not stick by him for the last four years and pardon everything that he did. So to me, it was very performative. All those people that um, resigned or whatever after the capital surging. Yeah. Didn't mean anything to me. They yeah. already did what they did. Yeah. That's the thing about politics. Everything is for show. Everything is just so you have it on record. Right. So one person can say you did this and then she can say, well, I hear you. But then I did that. Because who's going to really know the fine details a thousand years from now? Well, with technology, that people that listen to the podcast will because it will be forever. You know? <laughs> yeah, with technology, it'll be easier to capture the moment, those moments, and the feeling within those moments. Yeah, true. But the masses won't really like like this information we just shared amongst ourselves. A lot of people don't know that fine detail. They just know the Atlanta runoff that she lost and Raphael won. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Very exciting for me. I was very excited. Really? Yeah. Why? I don't know. It, 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 to me, it was kind of like the, what's the word? Uh, the, the indication of how 2021 would go or, mm-hmm. or how the presidential election, because I think they had to like confirm or validate it, right? Mm-hmm. And for me, it was like, well, if Georgia wins Republican, then... This is like, I don't know, predecessor, is that the right word, for 2021? Precursor. Precursor, I uh-huh. guess. But because he won, I was like, oh, I guess 2021, we're, we're out, of the, out of the cave. Or, yeah. You know? So, 
I'm excited. I'm excited too. I'm I'm very <clears throat> I'm looking forward to the next four years. I'm very optimistic. I hope I do hope, you know, both sides can come together because we have no choice if we don't come together and start like agreeing and negotiating and like moving past these oh I I I I feel like so I said in the past podcasts we looked to government as mom and dad. Right? Republicans were like the dad and Democrats are the mom. And so when both sides start fighting, the kids will fight each other. And that's what we've seen all throughout twenty twenty. Uh the riots, the protests, the rallies, the Proud Boys storming the Capitol. That's very like no one's ever done that before. Like that's never been done. And they did it. But now a lot of them are, are in jail. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of them are in jail. Yeah. Oh, my favorite one was his name is Big O. Mm-hmm. I don't know his real name, but he calls himself Big O. And he's the one that sat in Pelosi's office. Oh, that with, guy. With his leg on the desk. Yeah, he's done for. He, he, <laughs> he's done, man. He's done. <laughs> he wrote a um, strongly worded letter to her, put it on her desk. Um, and he was, he, he had a whole interview, like people were interviewing and they're like, what'd you do? And he was like, well, I gave her a note. She didn't deserve it, but I did it anyway. And I wrote, I don't know. He said, called her the B word, something wrote his name on mm-hmm. it. He was really proud. Um, it was just kind of stupid because he was one of the first to get arrested. Like yeah. he put his whole self out there. It's crazy, you know? And I feel like they, they're very, pr- like the proud boys are proud. Like they did it. Right, they they feel like they finally stuck it to the man. They're able to do some. They they took some of her mail. That's crazy. They took her mail. They took her laptop too. Yeah. Imagine all the confidential information on that thing. Well, the laptop was just used for presentations. It was fine. <laughs> yeah, they got the real thing out of there. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure that's. I mean, it's only smart. Why would you leave all your things in an open office? Well, I hope we find out uh, about aliens soon. I hope somebody like digs deep and they re- they realize oh aliens are here and you know or maybe we'll get to the end of Benghazi finally or maybe we'll find out how many licks it takes to get to the center of a tootsie pop <gasps> the world may never know <laughs> until next week but we will uh, yeah and so <clears throat> back to Atlanta uh Stacey Abrams love her that whole vic- yeah the whole victory is Stacey Abrams engin- you know, engineering. Her, when she lost against Brian Kemp. For what? Governor? Governor. Mm-hmm. I think in maybe 2017. Mm-hmm. She, she didn't give up. She kept on fighting. Right? Because that's where, that's why I say a lot, that's my philosophy that I hold close to my heart. There is no such thing as failing. It's just data. Right? Okay, I failed. Where did I go wrong? How can I improve? That's why sometimes when I talk to people and they will vent to me like, oh, this is, what's, this is what's going on in my life. This is happening. That's happening. And I'll tell them like, okay, how can we like, here's how we can fix it. Because I'm all about like, okay, like this thing is going to affect me 10 years from now. I refuse to let it affect me 10 years from now. It has to stop now. And so for her, she wants change in Georgia and she refuses to keep letting barriers get in her way. And so, and, and I feel like that's the beauty of politics. It's 
everyone is everyone is coming together to do their part no matter how small your part is if you do your part and you do your part well mm-hmm. you can make change right so if you hoop if you do podcast if you rap if you paint if you draw if you beat on your belly <laughs> be the best belly beater around all right and do your part for change because it all adds up. Practice makes perfect. Yeah. And so uh, Stacy goes and registers everybody. She focuses specifically on low-income neighborhoods, you know, black neighborhoods, minority neighborhoods, elderly neighborhoods, because these are the people that are being suppressed. And they got energized and they used early voting Right, they used early voting and mail-in voting because um, sometimes they'll know the polling stations will be packed, and so typically, uh, blue, you know, people with higher-paying jobs, they can take a lunch break to go to the poll station and you know vote. Mm-hmm. Whereas minorities, they're working; their whole life is work, so they never have that free time to focus on politics. You get what I'm saying? So. Stacy is letting them know that your vote matters because if it didn't matter, they wouldn't be trying to keep you guys from voting. Yeah. Right. They wouldn't be working tooth and nail to block you out. So I know you feel like things won't happen, but this will be the first step. And so people got out there and voted. And I was very, and I was, and I was kind of scared. Um, when I heard about the runoff, I was like, dang, you know, can they do it a second time? Can, Democrats show up again. I know. I was so worried. But it but to me it was kind of like I think they could because they willingly went the first time. It wasn't kind of like a begrudging begrudgingly going. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like we have to do this. So I'm sure they had that same mentality of like we have to do this again. Yeah. Yeah. So That's good. And I feel like Republicans or Trump messed up uh, when he was telling people that the voting, they stole your vote, all your votes don't matter. So now it's going into people's heads that votes don't matter. Votes don't matter. So why should I show up? Yeah. So maybe political fatigue set it on the Republican side and they really couldn't get active like that. But I doubt that. I think it's major voting suppression. Major suppression. And uh, all due to Stacey Abrams. Yeah, good on her for doing that. Yeah, good shit. She's smart. She's a brilliant woman. Um, and then we have Asaf and Purdue. Mm-hmm. Right. So Purdue is an incumbent. He's like, I think Purdue is big time in the political field. Right. So Purdue used to be the vice chairman. Of Reebok and then later became the CEO of Reebok and then became the CEO of Dollar General. Mm-hmm. Right. So he has the pedigree, you know, the way he tries to frame himself. Like, I feel like a lot of these like old school Republicans, like they, they always go through the business route, like CEO, president, CEO, CEO, CEO. Then they go into public, then they go to the public center. Yeah. Once they get the experience. And, I doubt someone like Reverend Raphael Warnock would have the connections to even go that route. Oh yeah, because he's just 
He's a reverend and he's never run for anything before, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Yeah. Banking on good faith and uh hard work. Mhm. That's what Kanye was talking about, you know, when he said that when he switched from rapping to fashion designing, he was getting a lot of roadblocks because he's new to the game and there's already industry set up where these people are communicating and they yeah. can get discounts and stuff like that. They help each other out. Like if a black person goes broke, how many other black people in within that industry can put them back on their feet when shit hits the fan? Not a lot. Not a lot. Yeah. You know, that's why we all got to be our, our own boss. So, you know, if we do have the choice, or if we do want to choose to help somebody out, we can. It's really hard to be your own boss, though. In the whole suppression sort of way, mm-hmm. like how Kanye, it was hard for him to break into fashion, but because he had his following from music, mm-hmm. it wasn't as hard. I think if he started with fashion, it would have been hard. Yeah. But, and so that's the thing though, with things, he, what these like people like Tyler, the creator, people like Kanye West, people like Jay-Z, I, hold on, let's pause for a second real quick. The people, the dogs are barking outside, so let's close the window. But we're going to keep recording. I'm not going to stop anything. Drink some water. back okay so with artists like west and tyler and gambino and uh jordan peele you can't put them in the box right okay yeah they're good in this one area but they can also transition and be good elsewhere so for kanye he wasn't even a rapper he was a producer Mm mm-hmm so it's like, and he wasn't being taken seriously as a producer, right? He, he, well, he was no, he was taken seriously as a producer. He wasn't taken seriously as a rapper. Oh, they felt like he couldn't be a rapper because he didn't talk about um, the convention, guns, mm-hmm. violence, struggling. But he he struggled in a different way. His struggle was different than the conventional way. So that's what I'm saying. Like we can't put him in the box. If he wants to do fashion, you know, like he's going to do that. Because like first you have to get to a certain point. Then you start meeting people. Then you start knowing stuff. Right. Because, okay, so he went into fashion after the whole Taylor Swift incident. Right. When he went on stage and told Taylor that Beyonce had the best album out, which he was right. Um, She did have the best music video out at the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Single ladies. That's iconic. Mm-hmm. Um. He got he got a lot of backlash for it. Like, oh, your career's over. You never make music again. You're done. The world hates you. And they did. Like, they did not like Kanye when he did that. Well, it was really rude. Was to her, yeah. It was just, it's just rude in general. Because, like, 
if he was giving a speech, but someone felt he wasn't worthy and someone went on stage, he'd be upset. Yeah. So he could have done it another way. He could have done it another way. Yeah. Just told it to her privately. It wasn't like he wasn't sitting right next to Beyonce anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but I think he wanted to like protest the entire Shabazz or Shabam or whatever the term is. And these men, that's why I hate award shows. Why do we keep watching it? Like they, these shows will pigeonhole black creators, right? Uh, the Grammys, a lot of like Korean, like there was this one popular Nigerian film and they put it into an international film because it didn't have enough English words in it. It would have like- Oh, I see. Right? That's what they try to do. They try to put, they put international film in- Everybody does international film. Exactly, which is weird because it should be categorized. In thriller or comedy. Yeah. or But they don't want their the people they like to compete with some other people. Mm-hmm. Because then, you know, they might lose. Yeah. That's what they do. They're, they're rigging the competition so it's not fair from the start to finish. That's why he was so upset. Like, like Beyonce, that video is so iconic. Like, everyone knows the single ladies, like, I doubt people are going to be remembering whatever Taylor Swift's video was. What was it anyway? I don't remember. That's what I'm Who, saying. What, what did she win? Like, what song was it? I forgot. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. Mm. None of her, to me, none of Taylor Swift's um, music videos are iconic. I mean, her songs are very memorable, but music video wise, no. It's bland. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. And it's not like the awards matter anyway. You're right, and you know that's what that's why Kanye peed on his Grammy, had the eight Grammys he won. Like there was a v- video of him peeing, and it had it in the toilet because he realized it doesn't matter. Mike Tyson said the same thing too. Like all the awards and trophies he got do- doesn't matter. Like what do what do matter is spending time with his daughter, right? I feel like after a while, when you've achieved a certain amount of success, you, you kind of look back and realize, okay, like this shit doesn't matter. Yeah, but. Come on, like to create on a certain level, you got to have a certain amount of ego. Like you got to trust yourself. And so when you think you're good, it kind of feels nice to have it be judged against other people you respect and view just as good as you. So you can really see, okay, I, I'm, I'm kicking I butt. I highly doubt Beyonce cares because she, I, to me, I think she's on another level to, to where she's like just untouchable. Regardless of what she does, mm-hmm. so even if she lost the awards, no one, like none of the people in her fandom or people around that respect her, are going to be like, "Oh, she lost. She sucks now." No, well, they'll I, just be like, "Why did Taylor Swift win?" I know, but I'm sure, like to Beyonce, she doesn't see herself as I'm Beyonce. I feel like she, and I'm serious. Yes, she, she does. No, Beyonce had to create a persona, Sasha Fierce. You know that that's mm-hmm. her persona she carries on stage because to be an a performer, you gotta become something that you're not, right? That's what actors do, right? Actors aren't themselves when they do film. What do they do? They create a character and they go out on TV. That's what the entertainers do. <clears throat> they create a character. And, and Beyonce, she's very, you know, if you hear her, like- Oh, I've watched I've watched her. Yeah, she's very soft-spoken. She's like the big sister, very loving, very kind. So I doubt she's this ego, I'm the best, I'm the queen I don't know. I wasn't saying that. Oh, okay, okay. Stop putting words in my no, mouth. But, you but, want the beehive to come after no, me? No, 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 no. Because I am the beehive, all right? But I'm saying more so 
Beyonce, because you said that to her, she knows she has the best music video around. No, I said that regardless of if she lost, Mm -hmm. no one around her and people in her fandom are going to say, oh, she sucks now. And I'm sure she respects her own craft too. She's not going to be like, I lost this award. So that must mean I'm a terrible, like she's Mm -hmm. just on a different wavelength. How are you going to compare Beyonce and Taylor Swift to each other? You can't. I'm sure she felt that way too. Yeah. She understands that they are two different artists and there's just a certain demographic that didn't really vibe with Beyonce, but that doesn't mean she sucks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, maybe in in the near future, the citizens of the internet will give awards to internet artists. Mm-hmm. It'll be a fair judging, not this weird. You know, that's what really bothers me when I watch a lot of these shows that give awards or judging the well, black. What, what is fair, though? What is fair? No bias. No, like there is. Okay. How would you do that? So you keep it integrity, right? You People who. That's what I'm trying to say. It's rotten from the top to down, right? These people, their heart isn't in creating anymore. Their heart is just like, I'm sure when they first, when I first started, the the person that first started this awards show, mm-hmm. it might had it might have had integrity, but just due to you know many different hands on it, people wanted to take it to a different direction. It loses its original vision. And so that's like the question to all creators when you create something long term, like, dang, who are you going to have to inherit, inherit like your vision? Yeah. But I, I even think like stuff such as like fandoms voting can be unfair too. Because who's to say that the one with the biggest fandom is the best? Mm. Um, also, it comes down to demographic, kids more inclined to do something when they're told um, for an incentive mm-hmm. versus an adult. Yeah. And they have their, their parents' pockets. So even if you say like fair and popular uh, voting and stuff like that, like there's still bias and there's, it's really hard to keep things fair. Diverse, like true diversity, not this, not, and I'm talking about like the judges have to be experts in their field. Like, say, if I were to do an award show, I'd definitely be a judge. You might be a <laughs> That's judge. That's a bias literally right there. Well, no, because the people who I'm not, well, one, I'm not going to be like uh, judging my music. I'm going to be judging other people's No, content. I know, but you just said if you had your own show, you would be a judge. If I had my own award show, yes, I'd be a judge, but I wouldn't give myself <laughs> an award. I know. It's just a little joke because you're biased. You chose yourself to be a judge. Oh, okay. Why am I appointing myself as a judge? Well, because I have a vision for the show and I want to make sure the vision, uh, I see that's how bias comes in because you want it to reflect a certain image. I see what you're saying. saying. Because I was watching, um, who's the guy that, not Billy Joel, Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> okay, but anyways, there's this. Uh, I will pull it up in editing. <laughs> but he, in an interview to MTV, confronted them on the racism. No, it wasn't Bruce Wingstein. I know that's what I'm saying. I, David I, Bowie. Yes, David Bowie. You know, Lizzie McGuire. Lizzie McGuire. Uh, but yeah, David Bowie confronted MTV like, hey, how come you don't put black artists? And he was like, well, uh, 
that's not the he cornered them like got him yeah he did not take no uh, excuses for an answer and he they admitted because it was they have a certain taste that they want to show to their audience so i guess you're right it would be biased if i was a judge (laughs) but 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 see that and that's the thing though like stop going to their show if they're gonna be biased not towards you right if they're not gonna be favorable to you why are you showing up why are you still validating their thing go do your own yeah i mean people have done that though they have done their own things and sometimes it succeeds but oftentimes it doesn't succeed because of the majority they did you know black people um you know bet the source yeah but then it got yeah but then it got it got I think bought the Source out. Awards might still be going. So the Source Awards is like... No, but BET got bought out. I know, but I'm just talking about the awards shows that black people did to empower themselves. The mm-hmm. Source Awards was one. It was very new. And it was very new. And that was, I think, around the year that Outkast won. Mm-hmm. And Outkast, man, Outkast, uh, they're from the South. And at the time in rap, it was East versus West, East Coast versus West Coast, mm-hmm. New York versus California. A lot of gang issues, you know, Crips and Blood and here comes Outkast, you know, Southern rap group. You know, we have Andre 3000, very different, very out there. Uh, we got Big Boy, that's a lyricist, very tight, you know, very, you know, he wants to keep that macho feel to the group. And they were able to merge it very well. You get what I'm saying? And then uh, during the awards show, I think... Um, the death row records right death row records could go go to the awards right and they diss biggie's group right they diss biggie puff they diss bad boy records and uh the manager for death row god i forgot his name big black guy god this, this is bad i should know his name but who cares i should know his name but uh he he was like ah, i forgot his name can you look up death row records please Suge Knight. No, it was Suge Knight. It was Suge Knight. Okay. So Suge Knight goes to the award. He comes up on stage and he is like, Hey, if you wanna if you wanna uh if you wanna A and R, if you want a manager that don't be up on all, all your songs rapping and talking and dancing and shit, <laughs> come to death row. And he leaves. And people are looking people are thinking like, who did he diss? Who is he dissing? And then it's bad boys because P. Diddy, you know, Puff Daddy would would be on the tracks, right? Puff Daddy would rap on Mace's song. He'd rap on Biggie's song. He was rapping on people's songs. And he wasn't a rapper. He was he was a producer or he was he put things together and they were making fun of him. And so, like, you know, temper starts to flare, like, you know, diss us, we're gonna diss you back. And then they're like, all right, to the I think the album was like maybe the best new album. Who? Whose album? Outcast album. They want mm-hmm. maybe the best new artist out. Mm-hmm. Or best album out. And they come up on stage and unfortunately they get all the heat. Like <gasps> all the heat is directing towards them. Oh shoot. And you know, uh, Andre 3000, you know, he says the best like word of saying the best acceptance speech that really calmed tempers. He was like, you know, I see y'all doing your thing in the East coast. I see you doing your thing in the West coast, but don't forget the South got something to say. <laughs> and that was it. And then people were like, okay, like, that's when, you know, 
he was able to take all, and that's why I really love Andre, the, like the outcast, because they know they're the outcast. They, you know, when you're different and like you've been outcasted, you have an eye for like, you can read the room. You know how energies and egos are flying through the room and you know how to maneuver. I feel like we've talked about this before. We have. Or is it in another deja vu moment I'm having? It might be in another podcast episode. I talk about the same subjects a lot. Okay. <laughs> because they're so applicable. Yes. <clears throat> and so people put respect on Outcast's name after that. They did it before? They didn't really know who Outcast was. Like, South, like Southern rappers weren't really on the oh. scene like that. Then, you know, right? Then Ludacris comes, you know, Ludacris is dropping, right? The South starts putting on heat. We got uh, Southern rap labels start coming out we got screwed up click right dj screws making music people in atlanta start you know atlanta starts coming up so like now the south has a revival of music yeah yeah so it's kind of like if they put you in a pigeon if they box you in man you gotta do your own you gotta make your own right when they were suspending people on twitter like come on like i've seen maybe 10 people get suspended and they'd made like they'd make ten accounts coming back. I'm like, okay, bro. Like, they clearly don't want you here. <laughs> they clearly don't want. Like, why do you keep coming back? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, okay. And so then, anyways, back to back to Kanye West. So the divorce. That's crazy. You know, they're splitting. Kim and Kanye. Like, I know. I well, mean, they say they're splitting, but they, they're splitting. It made me sad because I just don't like hearing about relationships bad like ones where where it's genuine and it seemed like they were good for each other i don't really have much to say on it because i don't really know what went down i'm just sad because there's kids involved now yeah you know it makes me wonder what happened till death do us part what happened to till death in sickness or in health well, there's special circumstances. In cold or in warmth. No, there's special circumstances. Not saying special circumstances. I, I'm not saying that either of them did those things, mm-hmm. but with everything, there has to be an exception. I think. What's the exception? Well, cheating. Okay. Murder. What do you consider I don't cheating? Know. What's what's con- what's cheating? What do you consider cheating? Um, entertaining someone you are interested in, or you someone you know is interested in you. And you entertain them. Mm-hmm. And entertain can be something as simple as sending them a nude. Okay. Or sexting them. Okay. Uh, it doesn't to me. It doesn't have to be you have sex with them and now you oh, are cheating. Okay. Okay. Yeah, as long as it falls under the guise of entertainment to either party, it's cheating to me. Because now at that point, you're you're opening your loyalty to whoever you were with mm-hmm. to someone else. Yeah. Yeah. So the emotional aspect, like the connection. Are you mine one 100% or does somebody else have your heart? Well, that sounds really controlling. No, I understand. But like in this world, like for love, like come on, like in this, you can only, if you're going to pick one person for the rest of your life, I believe that you should have a certain amount of control. If it's going to be yours <laughs> and perfect. Not, mm-hmm. not in a weird, like you have to obey me, but. You have standards. You have a taste of what you want in life. You have yeah, a it's taste consensual of what you though. It's stuff that you yeah. talk about with each other. Mm-hmm. It's not one one sided mm-hmm, at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I so I, I get that. It's not controlling. You know, it makes sense. 
yeah that's if you your guys, standard yeah especially if you guys both agree to a monogamous relationship and then out of nowhere someone decides let's make it open but without discussing it obviously isn't that cheating it's breaking it's breaching something yeah yeah and so you know some some you know some people might be quick to attack kim kardashian and say it's her fault you know they're I can see why Beyonce didn't go to the wedding. I guess she she knew it wouldn't last. She didn't go to the wedding? No, she didn't go to the wedding. Right? Because Jay-Z and Beyonce, they were already having their own problem at the time. You know, I think they Jay-Z was cheating and I think they were like, they lost a kid. So she was oh, dealing no. with a lot. And then she didn't like Kim Kardashian. I thought they were friends. No, she doesn't like Kim. Oh. She'd avoid Kim when they'd come over. Really? Oh, I thought they were friends. Wow didn't know that i thought kim was really nice i mean i've never met her personally but well more so she can't relate to you mm. like whatever kanye's been through she wouldn't be, she wouldn't understand she, mm. eventually she'll give up like beyonce stuck jay-z's been through a lot and you know beyonce stuck by his side mm. also beyonce and jay-z are like 13 years apart so like the age gap is kind of big so what's the age gap with kanye and kim Maybe like four or five years. Oh, wow. They're really close. They're very close. Yeah. And, you know, also Kim has a habit of like marrying people, falling in love quickly. And then Isn't that, when it doesn't work out, she dips out. That's such a weird out. habit like to say, I have a habit of marrying people. Yeah. It's like a whole process. Ray J, Chris Humphreys. Then, she married Ray J? Well, they were together for a long time. Okay. Why would you put that against her? I'm just saying like more so like she... Maybe she's looking for love. Maybe she's looking for something because her dad was a lawyer. He'd work like long, kind of like in the whole Euphoria episode with that Cassie. Mm-hmm. Right? She just wanted love because, well, that's because the father of, figure wasn't around. No, it's because both of her parents were not around for her. Well, like emotionally. And her entire family sexualized her all the time. So same she with, wasn't... Same with, look, at Kim's, look at Kim's life, right? Her mom, Kris Jenner, she was... She's a, not a gold digger. She's a goal digger. Yeah. Like she is looking for ambitious men. And what she found her husband, Robert Kardashian, who was a high status lawyer. He handled the OJ case. And then he passed away. Then she got Bruce or Caitlyn. And at the time, you know, Caitlyn didn't know how to market himself. He didn't know how to market like, after his Olympic money ran out, Chris was like, yo, you got to get it popping. Like, you got to do something. And so she, like, set up a whole athletics. She was going to put him on, like, workout videos. Like, do, like, the oh, Olympic. Yeah, she was. That's set, smart. Yeah, like, work. Because, like, at the time, workout videos are hot. And he's an Olympic gold medalist. So people want to know. Who wouldn't want to watch that? Yeah, who wouldn't want to watch? And so they got a bit of success from it. So Kim I doubt her attention was really focused on her children. She was focused on living a certain type of lifestyle. Yeah. And so that's why Kim Kardashian hung around people like Paris Hilton. She wanted that rich, you know, she, Kim was like, Kim was Paris's like baggage girl, like the sidekick, like in the Mean Girls, she would be Paris's number three. <laughs> yeah. She was the number three. Mm-hmm. Right. And it seems like she was, hungry looking for that moment to shine and so the sex tape with ray j came out kim kardashian's name is now mainstream and so chris jenner being the marketing genius that she is uses that 
and gets them a reality show. Yeah. She's, she's, you know, that tweet though, when people say the devil works hard, but she works harder, she literally does. She looks at a situation from every angle and sees how can I profit yeah. from this? You get, cause, and, and that's the beauty of, and that's the beauty, but in America, it's more like you can make money doing anything. You can it's make, funny that you see it that way. Like you see it as like beautiful. Well, coming from like where I come from, opportunities, like the opportunity to do something is very limited. And there are people that will willingly block you from succeeding or even moving up. And so, you know, in America, it's like there's money here, but are you creative enough to make it happen, make it come to you? Can you create a system that can attract the money to you? So it makes you think, it makes you, it's always keeping you active. It keeps you motivated. It keeps you from resting or relaxing. Yeah. Right, and that's what the system was designed to do. And so we're seeing people who are, t either you play the game or the game plays you. You get what I'm saying? So Chris sees the world for, she sees her reality for what it really is. Mm -hmm. She's not like, it should be this way. Like, no, like until it changes, then I'll change. That's that, you know, and that's what it is. And so, so back to the divorce, man. Um, I heard that over the Christmas, you know, Kanye, that's like Kanye bought, bought the Wyoming ranch just to get away from the family. Yeah. Have somewhere where he can just be alone to his thoughts and people aren't judging him. And I didn't really understand the power of getting away from everything and everyone that doesn't know you. There's a, there's beauty in just being a nobody, just being alone. Right. When we went hiking, that was the best experience ever in my entire life. Well, not my entire life, but one of my top experiences because I was very, in my, I was in my room just anxious thinking, like, oh, how am I going to improve the podcast or how am I going to make a million? Like, I was just thinking in my brain. And so getting out and being around something that was bigger than me, like seeing the rock, seeing the hill, seeing that small little mountain, it was huge. So now my brain isn't even thinking about my little problems my brain is now thinking how am i going to climb this big ass rock mm. right it, it it when you're alone you realize how small everything is right that's why uh places countries uh, that's why i really like uh places and cities with a river or a mountain people are less egotistical people are more relaxed people are more laid back because you understand that you're not the biggest fish in the pond. Yeah. Right. So he he you know he was living in his Wyoming Wyoming ranch, trying to you know make the relationship better. And now that I'm seeing that the article him and you know him and Kurt Kim are being divorced, you know his tweets from you know the past are kind of funny and it makes sense. Like he was venting, right? He was like, everybody knows Get Out was about me. You know, everybody knows Get Out was about me, you know. Oh, I got squirted on. <laughs> um, Brazzers.com. Uh, but, and then he was like, they're trying to put me on medication, right? Every time some, like, 
Dave Chappelle was talking about it. Whenever a man doesn't do what people want him to do, they start calling you crazy. They start slapping that crazy label on you. You know, it seems like being crazy is the new witch. <clears throat> You're a witch. If someone accuses you of being a witch, they can take everything from you. But now if someone calls you crazy, they can take everyone everything away from you. They take your credibility, they take your house, they can take your they can put you like like Britney Spears. Her dad has like Britney Spears, she cannot the court would not allow her to make any call or any judgment because they feel like she's not mentally fit. Yeah. But they drove her to that point. Everyone always looks at the outburst. Everyone always looks at the reaction. But they never look at what caused it. Right? We It's like death by a thousand cuts. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, Amanda Bynes, all these Nick stars, <clears throat> all these, you know, like Holly, like Hollywood does something to somebody. It does something to you. Of course, especially when you're exposed at an age where you're very impressionable and you don't have solidified morals and beliefs yet. The people around you who are terrible people are going to be the ones to influence you and skew your, um, I don't know, your morals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it only makes sense that once they get older and they get out of that um, bubble that they realize like, where they had been living was not good. Mm-hmm. And so they obviously spiral because now they're living in reality, like real world. Um, and they don't know what to do. Yeah. Also trauma, like the trauma of getting fucked over. Mm-hmm. Like in Hollywood. Oh, you want to be my show? <laughs> You're going to have to kiss my booty hole, you know? Yeah. Things like that. And, and they'll do it. So like it, they're like, damn, I just kissed this man's butt for this movie. Like, I will not give anything to anybody for free. I'm going to start, like, thinking. It it turns you into a monster, right? My boy Trey, shout out to Trey. He got an album coming out. Um, He <clears throat> came back from Hollywood, and we were talking. And he was like, there's nothing going on in Hollywood right now. Like, it's like, it Hollywood is at a standstill. I talked about it in the last podcast. The movie's that Americans are, like, the Hollywood is producing is very cookie-cutter, very boring. Uh, they don't know what's, they don't, they don't even know what's hot anymore. They're so disconnected, right, because they've built up this machine, and right now the machine, the machine can't keep up. That's why the, you know, streaming is the future. I tweeted about it, I was like, yo, it's streaming is the future, because Congress literally snuck in a bill for the stimulus package that we got. Yeah. <clears throat> they snuck in a bill making illegal streaming a crime. Why would they do that? Oh, what is considered illegal streaming? Not from the source, not from the direct source. Like so What? Not from the direct source. I don't know what that means. You know how websites You like, are the source. No, but like say websites that host the content. Okay. So say um say so, 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 so think of it like recording at a movie theater. You know how you can't record a movie? Yeah, I know that. That's but, what it is. Okay, but live streamers. Mm-hmm. You're telling me that if... Uh, explain that part to me. The gamers, the Twitch people. Well, no, it's more than just Twitch. So say um, there's, there's like an entertainment company puts on a fight and they put it on there and they like... Okay, 
to watch the fight, you got to go to the website and you got to pay maybe $10 to watch this fight mm -hmm. that they've organized. People will sometimes record the fight and show it to their oh, fans. Oh, I thought you were talking about like live streaming, like oh no, I don't. Well, I don't. I don't. Well, I haven't really, like really. But I, I think maybe there might be some things because, like Twitch, you know, Twitch's rules are kind of crazy. So we'll go into that in another episode. Yeah, but we're seeing streaming come into the forefront. Like streaming is now, it's made it to Congress. It's no longer the small little thing that people do. It's a big thing. Mm -hmm. You know, so we're, we're so for the people out there who are streaming or are doing anything in live, you know, keep doing that shit. Like we're seeing the internet be taken more seriously. Oh right? yeah, internet now. Internet, we have now understood that internet is a necessary good, right? Before, at the time, I think the government only pro provides necessary goods, like maybe like water, school, education, military. Having internet connection will now be a necessary good. So maybe lawyers in the future could argue and try to make internet free. Oh wow! But that's we, gonna be crazy. Yeah, that'll be crazy. The internet's but gonna be so slow. They can make it fast. There's gonna be too many people because it's free, and then there is no like privatizing. You know, so it'll just be free game. I feel like it'd be pretty slow, but I don't know. What do I know? No, you know some stuff. I'm listening. Keep going. I don't know. That's it. That, that, that's just, it's a little joke. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, I, I remember uh, in Houston or Texas, this Google Fiber, they wanted to provide internet for the entire city. Mm -hmm. That would be so cool. That would have been dope. That would have been dope, but they did it in Austin, right? Houston, the bill got killed by they companies. They don't like anything new. Hmm? They don't like anything new. Houston? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot they, of, yeah, it's crazy. They hate change. Only when it benefits them. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Austin got Google, Google Fiber and like they, that's where all the tech companies are going now. Mm -hmm. but, but so now that I feel like Tesla is coming to Texas, Google is coming to Texas, Apple is coming to Texas. Yeah. Everyone's coming to Texas. Big boy business. Big boy business. They they will have to start innovating their technology, their internet technology. Yeah. Very soon. Which is very exciting. Very exciting. But it's also kind of sad because of the whole censorship thing and like the whole, what was that? Net neutrality mm -hmm. stuff that's going on. Mm -hmm. So you really won't have that much freedom if the internet were to be free game. Yeah. Yeah. He won, uh, man. Ajit Pai, whatever his name is, he 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 won. You know, everybody was fighting against it, and got it done. So I don't even think we'll see the effects of net neutrality neutrality until like maybe ten years from now, five years from now. We'll, we might see. We might not even notice because I'm like, here for a good time, not a long time. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. use the hell out of all this internet before I leave. <laughs> yeah, and uh, but anyways, back to back to Kim and Kanye. Uh, Meek Mill, one of his rap songs was like, um, he was alluding that Kim Kardashian was ready to fold when they were in a hotel room together. Mm -hmm. During, you know, when Kim was doing her whole social media, 
her lawyer when she was getting people out of prison. Oh yeah, what was she doing in a room with Meek Mill? So they they were in Washington D.C. trying to I think lobby the government for prison reform, like get the black people who are in prison for like weed sentences out. Yeah, that's what they were trying to do, and I think Kim was partnering with Meek, and I think Meek was trying to allude to Kanye, like yo, like she was giving me signs, she was giving me signals, like if I really pressed, you know, something could have happened. So I I, I think that was like. What the, did, what do you mean? He said it in a song. Yeah. I'm tired of. I'm so tired of celebrities. But Kanye then confirms it. Okay, but I'm just tired of influencers or whatever doing that. Mm-hmm. Like, do you not have FaceTime? Do you not have their number? Do you not have their email? Their agent's email? Stop doing this stuff. Stop getting us involved. You're making things worse. I think when these artists write these things in their songs, it's a warning, right? I keep trying to tell you, like I said in the past, people write what they know. They try to record it so the people that come up behind them don't make the same mistakes. So he's like, watch watch your chick. You know, that's what he's saying. Like, you watch your girl. Like, no matter how good you think you're doing, there, there might come a moment where if you push her, or if you, you know, you're not handling your business, she might start choosing. You know, she might start choosing up. And so that's what he's warning his listeners about. I don't know. It seems immature to me. Yeah. Like, just talk to the man. But if you're scared or you think that he won't listen to you, then you weren't close enough to him anyway. And so he, he's not... You're not even on his radar, so he doesn't even care what you have to say if that's the case. If you can't talk to him in person yeah. about it, then you making a song doesn't make a difference. Yeah, it really doesn't. Man, it's and it's real messed up. Like, Also, Kanye's done some bad stuff on his part. I'm sure he's really made the relationship very tough for her, too. So it was both sides. They they weren't really a good fit for each other. Really? I don't I don't know. I only watch like, the cute interviews. <laughs> yeah, I think they, like, she is... Like I said, you know, I don't think, I don't think so. Mm. I think he needed somebody that was spiritual. I think Kanye needed somebody that was like spiritual and in tune with the higher powers, like higher, you know, she was spiritual. I know, but he's religious and so is she. She's not. Yes, she is. Her whole family is. People pray and they. It's only a name. What does that mean? Like people don't practice, she doesn't practice. Oh, I see, I see. You know, that's what you identify as, but do you practice? Mm. It's like saying, oh, I fight, but have you been training? How long have you trained? I don't really train, but I I watch fight videos. Mm -hmm. I claim to be, like, you're not a boxer. You got to practice it to really be what you claim to be. Yeah. She's not a practicing. So um, Kanye needs, that's what I'm trying to say. People, when you you pick your significant other, you got to like really think about Oh, like, okay, I'm kind of fucked up here. I'm kind of fucked up and I'm not smart. I'm not really aware. So I need to find someone that's aware. I need yeah. to find someone that's detail oriented. Mm-hmm. Right. Figure out where they figure out where they keep up where you where you slack. But for him, I think, you know, he had a crush on her. She might have been pretty. So He did have a crush on her. That. I know he did. Yeah, he wrote a poem for her. He what? Oh, a poem. Yeah. Dang. 
Well, he writes poems for her. Oh, if if only they didn't have kids, this wouldn't be so sad. Yeah, it's very sad. It'd be a pretty easy fix, but because they have kids involved, like, what do you even do? And even the process and having those kids. Yeah. Right. It's a lot of surrogates. I hear like two surrogates. I think the last two children were surrogates. Oh yeah. Hey. But I think they'll be good. I think we might get some new music coming out. It's going to be hot. But but that's messed up, you know, that we do that. Like, oh, man, such and such just died. Someone such and such got a heartbreak. Fire, you know, fire content is coming out. That's kind of messed up that we do that. I just think it's messed up overall for people to do news on, you know, uh, public figures. Mm-hmm. I think it's very strange that we consume so much of it and find it normal. Because, like, we don't know them at all. We yeah. only know them from their art standpoint. True. Or, yeah, their art standpoint. And so when you feel like you know someone, I don't know, you feel entitled, people feel entitled to know everything about them, which sucks because, like, everyone is entitled to privacy. I, I feel, I feel bad for knowing about this, this divorce, because divorces. Yeah. are really tough yeah i wish i hadn't read about it because i it's so personal and yeah. so yeah you know yeah so it's getting kind of emotional oh oh <laughs> uh, you want you want a napkin no you know jay-z and beyonce i feel like they did that very well like they they handled their stuff in private whoever leaked that solange beating up jay-z did they ever talk about that i'm sure it was some security guy i know but why didn't he get in trouble because Solange uh, probably beat him up. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so that's what I'm trying to say. Like, Jay Z found a woman that wouldn't put their business out there, which is kind of bad because some people like you know they take advantage of that. But for more so as a, like as being a man and you want to build an empire and you want to build something permanent because your woman is a reflection of who you are as a man. Right? If everyone, if anyone wants to know anything about you, they look at your girl. Right, if she's pretty, if she's smart, they like okay, this guy's a smart guy. He knows how to pick them. Even though he cheats, I I know. I'm, Even though I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here to support. I'm not here to like judge. I'm just saying more so for if you're a young man watch or if you're a girl watching the podcast on how to pick the person you want to marry your date. You gotta think more than just with your reproductive organs. You gotta think critically. You or, need to speak directly to Jay Z because he was only thinking with his, you know what, when he did what he did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not talking. About, I'm just, we're just using them as an, as an example. I know, but and, he just makes me angry. Cheaters yeah. just make me angry. Yeah, yeah. That's messed up. They do that because, like, you really mess up someone's mindset. They'll never be able to trust again. It's like no. the re- return of the man. Uh, uh, well, the song that song speaks to me on a personal level, man. Yeah, because as a man, you know, it's hard to open up, it's hard to open up to somebody, and then you do, and then they play you. Oh my gosh, you just turn, you turn into a monster, and now, like, you feel because someone took away your power, and now you it's your. You feel open and vulnerable. So what do you do? You want to go get that power back any way possible. That's where players are born. I don't know how I feel about that. How do you feel? 
I just think that, well, obviously I'm not perfect, but I feel like you need to have a belief, core belief strong enough to the point where if it does get shaken up, you will still remain true to yourself. Mm. And you can't let someone else dictate that. Like if we just dissect the song Return of the Mac, it says yeah. return. So he was a Mac before. Yeah. Anyways, and he only did it for her. Yeah. Then he wasn't truly whatever he was with her then. Yeah. So I don't think he should be that hurt, to be honest. Like, But what he's... But so as a man, you have to elevate yourself to a certain status to even, to even get the girls. So he had to become the Mac to get this girl. No, he didn't. If he was a Joe Schmo, he wouldn't have gotten She wasn't her. a good pick. That's his fault. Do you see what yeah. his... The, what his uh, criteria got him. Yeah, he didn't have a good pick to open up to for. Because he to. was a player peeking out the girls he thought were, you know. Is a Mac a player? A Mac, so, so, so Macking is different from being a player, okay? Being a player is, yeah, you, like you're talking to girls, you got like maybe five, ten girls and like they're all in love with you. But being a Mac is like, It's a different like class too. It's more refined player. It, it ain't you're not a little boy. You're a man like Bernie Mac, right? You, nice, charismatic. Women love you. You got women, but you you know you're not abusing them, like the player types. That's what that's what it means to be a Mac. Anyway. <laughs> Okay, okay. I don't know. I don't agree with that. Okay. You're a player. It's, I guess you could just call it different names for the same definition. I mean, yeah. if that's how you, it makes it more comfortable for you to say. But you are right, though. People, like he, people need time to heal. Yeah. he's If he's doing what he's doing, he's living, he's still catering his life to her. Mm -hmm. If he decides, I'm doing this because I'm hurt because of her. Yeah, it's a reactionary. Mm-hmm. Dang. That was a good point. All right. So I, I hear something about Mahjong on the streets. What's going on? <laughs> what, what's, 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 what's going on with Mahjong? Okay. In today's news of cultural appropriation, we have the Mahjong line. Can you take a guess as to who's running this company just by the name? The Mahjong line. Asian people? Nope. Who? Men. Really? Kate, Annie, and Bianca. Oh, man. Those are the, um, I guess you could say CEOs or founders, co-founders. Mm -hmm. um, so a little brief, like, backstory on this company. If you, if you had gone to their website before they shut it down, what was in there about us was, uh, let me just read it. Kate discovered that artwork, while beautiful, was all the same. She's talking about the Mahjong... Um, what are they? Tiles. Yeah. And uh, did not reflect the fun that was had when playing with her friends. And nothing came close to mirroring her style. She's quirky. Okay. Oh, yeah. She decided the game needed a respectful refresh. Enter Annie and Bianca, her partners in crime. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> you know the kind of girl she is now? She says mm -hmm. partners in crime. on a, a bad girl. On a, on a, a quirky bad girl. On a business 
To me, that seems this whole thing just felt really unprofessional to me. Who also have a unique sense of style and creativity in abundance. Together, they hatched a plan to bring mahjong to stylish masses. So, just reading this, you get a sense of who Kate is and who her goons are.、Mm. They don't care about what mahjong is about. They care about how mahjong looks, and so what they thought was okay to do、um, wasn't. They decided that above all, mahjong should be cute. Okay. And doing so erases the tradition and the culture behind it, which is what caused people to be upset. So when you look at cultural appropriation, you start to think, where is the line drawn? Because、mm-hmm. I think with social media, we've kind of skewed. What it means, for example, the、um, that do you remember that girl who went to prom and she wore a, a Chinese traditional dress? I the, remember that. Yes. What, what was that tagline?、Uh, my culture is not your costume. Yes.、Um, and she she wore. I'm assuming was、um, traditional in every sense. Like it wasn't、uh, cut short. It wasn't like high slit or anything.、Mm-hmm. She didn't like pose and. Derogatory ways, according to the dress, and she wore it specifically because she appreciated the beauty behind it, and she wore it to a formal event.、Um, but people on Twitter took offense to that, and they dragged her through the mud. But then the Chinese <laughs> government had her back, and they said, "Yeah, they said she's cute. We love it. We love that she incorporated our、um, dress into her formal event. Like they don't see anything wrong with it."、Mm-hmm. So. That isn't cultural appropriation. It's appreciation because you understand the magnitude that this item carries,、mm-hmm. and you hold it delicately. And you're like, "Look, look what I found!" But it's not mine. It's it's you know you you educate or you you just show your appreciation.、Um, with this company though, Mahjong Line, they they just threw that out the window.、Mm. They said, "F all traditions and culture. We want pink." <laughs> okay. Okay. We want neon. We want we want cute. I don't know. Have you seen the tiles? I have. Yes. Um. They are very, very different from the traditional. Um. Yeah. And so, um. When I went to go check on it, the website went down, and I was like, "Well, I guess they're done for." Um. And then it went back up and came back with a respectfully refreshed about us. Okay. Um. And it was an apology. They were very sorry for what they did. I think they were just sorry they were got they got caught because I think if no one was upset about it they would have never said anything.、Mm-hmm. Yeah,、um, yeah. So the issue here is you know not the redesigning because people have done that before.、Um, like for example, the Tiffany Jewelry Company they、mm-hmm. have a version as well. Oh wow!、Um, but the tiles are still the traditional、um, characters. It's just. Tiffany color, Tiffany blue colored, and also fifteen thousand dollars. So fifteen, damn, that's a lot. Yeah. So damn, we need to get into Bajan. We need to get into good job. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're gonna end up on the news. Oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's the ignorance. It's changing hundreds of years worth of culture and tradition for the sake of quirky, cute. You know. Yeah, and so that's what got people riled up. Oh wow! And then, so banking off of this, I had a similar,、um, I guess, experience to another company who did something like this as well. That is not in the news, but I felt 
like there was some something weird about it. I was like, this is racist somehow, you know? So it's this brand called Biori Beauty. Okay. It is a hair care company. And um, so the CEOs and co-founders, let's just go down the list. Bryce Fisher, Zaman Fisher, and Chase Sagam. So Bryce Fisher and Zaman Fisher, I'm assuming they are married. Mm. Um, Bryce is white. Mm-hmm. Zaman is I, Chinese, I believe. In her LinkedIn, it said her native languages were Cantonese and Mandarin. Okay. Um, and Chase is a marketing man. Okay. He is um, not Chinese. So what they are are a hair care company that take traditional um, ways of washing your hair to preserve it from the Yao people. Mm. Um, and the Yao people, they use longji rice that they grow themselves to wash their hair using special extracting techniques that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just found it odd because if you have, I, I'm sure the viewers watching maybe have stumbled upon this ad before on Instagram. It'll, it start it the whole time it's filmed in the, in the, what is it called? In their city, in their village, Huang Lu village. And it's the women just washing their hair and, Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, wow, this is a really good ad. Like, I, I, I didn't know what it was going to be about. And then they go, well, we brought it to you. And here is a shampoo bar version of whatever the hell they're doing. And they have been doing for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is kind of weird. Because these women didn't profit from this. Like, this is just stuff that they do. Yeah. But then these tourists came in and were like, hey, we can make money off this. and and I, I looked into this uh, company and it seems like they are doing this, but disguising it under charity. So, well, that's usually how they do it all. Mm-hmm. The time. Yeah. So they'll be like, yeah, these people were struggling and we had to help them. So what we did was when we came to there as tourists, you know, we were, we saw that they were struggling and we asked how we could help. And they said that if we just bought rice from them, it'd be okay. Like, I think they were selling $10 per kilo. And they're like, the tourists were like, no, we're going to give you $50 for a kilo. Mm -hmm. And they make a point to say that every single time that they spent 500% more than what the Yao people asked for. They Mm -hmm. literally say that. If you go on their website, they say it was a 500,000 markup. Like, look at us. And also we give 5% profits to the Yao people, which to me is like, you should be giving 100%. Because if you care so much about these people and you are saying that you want them to, you know, come make a comeback from their struggles, mm-hmm. why does it matter that you're making a profit? Want to put them in a, in a position where they will be good. It's so odd to me. Like I, someone said, why aren't you giving them more? And they said, well, we don't want to give too much or else we'll go bankrupt. I thought this was a charity. I thought you, I thought you were helping someone, uh, you know, make it out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just weird to me because as I was doing this research, I kept coming upon this weird notion of foreigners, like people who aren't within a certain culture. They they want the authentic authenticity of that culture, but they want it palatable, like Chipotle. <laughs> really? Like Chipotle or uh-huh. Panda Express. Yes, they want it modern. They want it, you know, like I was I, I was Googling about um, the Yao people's village. And 
some blogger put like how like how to guide on tours touring this village um and they started to go in depth about how there's two different villages and one of them is more commercialized and the other one is isn't so but mm-hmm. don't worry it's still pretty even though it's not commercialized like that wording to me was weird yeah because these are people's homes and lives this isn't your tv to look through and i don't know it, it's just odd to me and yeah the company isn't even based in that village it's based in utah provo utah which is known for being pretty racist as well wow. i just thought that was a fun fact yeah um so it i it's many companies like this that that do these marketing tactics under the guise of charity taking other people's traditions and and profiting off of mm-hmm. them yeah and i it doesn't sit well with me i don't know cuz these yao people they are just trying to live yeah and then tourists come in and try to save them and do all this weird stuff it's kind of like when when they were trying to bring religion to the ungodly mhm you know they they were trying to save them from they were trying to save the the Europeans were trying to save the natives from damnation, so they f- they forced them to convert to Christianity, right? Through torture by whatever means, right? Yeah. Oh, we want to save you, but in the meantime, give us your land, give us your gold. Yeah. Let us sleep with your women. Yeah, like just thinking about how those kinds of people will try to write off, um, I guess, less civilized. Um, communities as primitive Mm -hmm. and then try to juxtapose that with look at us we're more modern you need to be like us and we'll help you be that way no one even asked for that Mm -hmm. you know uh western arrogance right and i and i feel like what we're seeing is okay so i was listening to the joe rogan podcast this week and it was an episode about narcissism Mm -hmm. and then they were talking about i think joe rogan brings up the concept of when I was Joe Rogan, one of the, one of the guests was talking about how they're talking about cognitive research and narcissism, and they're you know applying it to therapy. So <clears throat> the natives, right, the native Indians in America, they do peyote. It's a sacred plant within their culture, mm. and the peyote with a peyote shaman shaman allows them to have otherworldly experiences Mm -hmm. allows them to connect with the universe and unfortunately the government has now banned peyote right so like you can't get government government benefits if you do peyote what the heck which is a sacred plant within the native yeah it's crazy because they're trying to keep you know people from doing drugs and ruining their life and they want them it's a pure it's a puritan eurocentric like it it stems from christianity or their take on Christianity. Yeah. Right? Don't do drugs because you, you know, God needs you in a clear state of mind. And if you're in an ultra state of mind, that's a sin. So now you're Yeah, punished. but who's to say that? Like, what is a clear state of mind? That's what I'm trying to say. Kind of yeah. like, kind of like earlier before we started recording, we were talking about life. When does life start? Does life start when you're born? Or when does life start the in moment the you're conceived? Mm-hmm. Right? So that's what I say. You're born, but you're not alive. 
Mm-hmm. Or no, you can be alive and still not be born because you can also die before you're even born. Uh, but anyways, so this this uh, observer observed the natives doing peyote and he takes the plant back to Europe to do. And they get sick, they vomit, like it doesn't go well. But then they do it again like the natives and it goes well. And then they're like, they should have done that to begin with. Like they should have consulted with the natives and the specialists to give them insight on this new thing that they're doing. Like, why are they trying to rediscover and redo things over again when there's people out there who know how to do it and they're doing it well? Yeah. Like, why do you think you can do it any better than they have, right? They've been they've been yeah. using this for thousands, yeah. thousands of years. And so um, they also go into uh, deeper topics about how the way we do therapy. So like, I talk about Carl Jung a lot and Freud, a lot of these European Western philosophers stole their ideas and concepts from like Indian religion and Indian philosophies, Chinese philosophies, African philosophies, mm-hmm. right? It's like they took what other people were doing and they're retelling it in a different way. Uh, but I, I need to do more research. That'll be another podcast for me to go deeper in it. But we're just talking about how people take ideas from other cultures without respecting the natives that did it first. Yeah. Right? Um, so in therapy, people are realizing therapy doesn't really work too well because you're just talking. And the way, oh, you, you, people think you can just talk your problems away. No, you can't. You need to, there needs to be action. Action. Um. So you know when I was when I was going through going through depression, I realized that the environment you're in is a big factor. Right? If you're very stressed out, like why are you going back to the same stressors that's causing you to be in this altered mind state that's bringing you down? Yeah, you need to leave and or maybe create a better environment for your mental health. Mm-hmm. Um. You also say you're say you're being harassed at work and you you don't know how to voice and you know speak up for yourself. Okay, you don't just go tell the person, "Hey, leave me alone," because they will come back tomorrow. They'll come back the next day. Eventually, they'll break. They'll wear you down. So you have to go build your confidence elsewhere, right? You need to maybe join a sport where you can establish self esteem and reinforce it without outsiders coming to knock you down Mm -hmm. right um also um when when they do peyote the shaman will hum and you know blow the smoke in your face and get you to a certain frequency where you open you're open to the world Mm -hmm. right and so me being nigerian or our our world view, like I've said in previous podcasts, we see the world in two folds, right? There's a physical world, then there's a spiritual world. Mm-hmm. And the world that we can't see plays huge factors into the world we can't see. And some people go, oh, that's that's crazy. That's, that's like African nonsense. But if you think about it, dogs can smell things we can't even smell. Does that mean because just human arrogance, right? 
just because we can't smell it, does that mean it doesn't exist? Yeah. A dog can smell it, so therefore it exists, right? Birds can see the electromagnetic wave spectrum. They can see the like, so they can see things that we can't see. So, does that mean that it doesn't exist because we can't see it? It does. Mm -hmm. So, the way we view things in the West is very literal, in your face. This is what it is, right? So that's why, you know. Oh, here's a medicine. Like you know, here's here's a pill. Take this pill and make you feel better. Yeah. So you start taking pills. When and so to you, because you see the pill, you think, oh, okay, I'm getting healed. However, you don't understand that there is factors out there that are not visible that's causing you to, you know, be messed up. And the factors could be uh, bad environment, bad genetics, things you can't see. So we need a more holistic approach to mental health and health and. That, that's my take on things. So if you're going to rip off culture, you, you got to make sure you speak to the natives and, you know, get their take on things because it gives you it gives you taste. Also, you also want to pay homage. That's the thing. I'm an artist. I, I believe in taking inspiration from other people. Mm -hmm. However, you always got to give respect. You always got to give respect. Um, so this year, like, my big thing is integrity. Like, where is your integrity? Yeah. Cause that chick with the mahjong, mahjong, lack of integrity. Yeah, because if she so badly wanted, you know, a game that fit her style and her whatever that was so important to her, she should just made her own game. Mm-hmm. I don't know. She couldn't come up with something. She couldn't, you know. We have inventors, then we have marketers. Yeah. It's a it's a constant game. The inventors invent and the marketers take it and market it better. Yeah. Or she should have just never made this damn company. Like she should have just got her custom mahjong, you know, set and dipped. Like she wanted to be rich. She the the driving factor was money. She wanted to make it out. She wanted to be proclaimed and Oh wow, you're so smart. Look at you invent this thing. Look at look at you, you're an inventor, you're young, you're smart. You know? And that that drive to to feel like she's created something authentic caused her to sacrifice her integrity. Yep. Yeah. That's what the Bible says, be anxious for nothing. Anxiety. Mm -hmm. Be anxious for nothing. Like don't like don't you want oh, like you want oh you want money so like you're anxious for money you want it so bad you're willing to do whatever it takes yeah so don't be anxious for anything i'm trying to think of what to say that's heavy you know and i really like how you brought up this topic because a lot of people don't talk about asian culture appropriation I it's, think they do now. They do now. Uh, people are more vocal about it. But I feel like in the past, Asian culture, a lot of other cultures kind of just get taken. Yeah. There was something that always bothered me about that was um, I watch a lot of cooking shows. And when chefs, predominantly white 
or just people who weren't in the Asian community, they would create dishes and then just call it Asian inspired. Mm. And they would it would usually be mean sesame seeds and soy sauce and that's it. And to me that's like, well what Asian are you talking about? Because that's not all we have to offer. I don't know. And if you do I mean, there's no nothing wrong with using sesame seeds and soy sauce, but I think you should be more specific in the way that they're more specific whenever they talk about other cuisines. Mm-hmm. You know? I don't know. It always rubbed me the wrong way when they would be like Asian inspired and they throw a sesame seed on top and then call it a day. Yeah. I feel like a a a culture that does a good job, well, that did a good good job in my opinion with infusing culture into their inspiration was the Wu-Tang Clan. Mm-hmm. Like the Wu-Tang Clan grew up on, you know, martial arts film. They loved Asian cinema, right? Uh, when karate came to the hood, you know, black people, like that was like, that was like the shit. So everybody was doing karate. Everybody was like martial arts, gym, all that stuff. And then, you know, Chuck Norris is the one that's, Chuck Norris is the person that took, you know, karate and made it popular in America. Yeah. So he's the karate champ. But maybe he he maybe he did that, you know, I guess couldn't that be good cultural pr- appreciation? Hmm? Chuck Norris taking karate culture and bringing it to America to profit. I don't know. But he made it American. He made it like this is America. You can I don't know. All I have of memories of Chuck Norris was back when I used to do martial arts. We were in this program that I guess was founded by Chuck Norris or something. And it was it was like we were like slaves or something. Like they'd be like, do this for Chuck Norris. Or if you do this, Chuck Norris will come see you and blah, blah, blah. And we were obviously very excited because they had hyped this man up so often. And um, we had won this competition like, I don't know, three years in a row. Mm-hmm. And our prize was to go to this country club and perform for more white people. <laughs> and eat chicken tenders in the basement while mm-hmm. they eat luxury foods um and we were all supposed to shake hands with chuck norris but every single year that we you know got a reward somehow something happened and he just wasn't available dang so i don't like him so when you (laughs) ask me about him i have nothing no good memories or anything good to say about him yeah and but i feel like it's crazy though because like I was watching a documentary. Uh, I think it was maybe the creation of Supreme. Okay. Again, I, I really like the I really like Supreme. The, the Supreme brand, not f- f- for like oh I love Supreme, but I just like the how it came to be. Right, Supreme. The guy that created Supreme was like this, you know, this white guy. And he liked skate culture. Mm-hmm. And he felt like skate culture isn't really being attended to and it's not really being um, put on the map. Well, it, I don't, or maybe he had, he had a different taste. He could do it better. And so he did. And he, he, he let the skaters do their thing. Like he, He'd open up shops and let the skaters run it. And it kind of like grew into like, this is what's cool. Like, this is supreme. It's for anybody that skates. You don't got to be the best skater. You don't got to be like the coolest skater. If you just skate, you know, you're cool one. 
they kind of created their own culture and it grew from there. And he would just add like his little taste. And so he gave it the, the New York, you know, MoMA with minimalism. Well, MoMA is not called minimalism, but just, I think, Manhattan Museum of, I don't know, but but he added the minimalistic mm-hmm. look to it and make would make it look like an art gallery. Yeah. So he put that higher taste to the rough and rugged freedom skate culture. Yeah. So that that's a that's a good way to fuse culture and he took advice and input from other people that were within the skate culture or that were doing design and that's how you can tell when someone creates something and it's authentic because you know they've you know they've asked other people who are within and love this culture a lot. Like when Kanye was producing uh, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, you know, he'd bring Nikki in the studio, he'd bring a Sahai, he was bringing all kinds of people in the studio. So there was different takes, there was different feels, there's different samples. Mm-hmm. So he's appropriating. And then uh, when he dropped Yeezus, he was listening to European techno music. And he brought that like cyberpunk techno sound to america yeah so that's why people are like what the heck jesus i'm like yeah because jesus is like 10 15 years in the future it's for the techno people mm-hmm. and so if like we start doing techno shit in the future people can discover kanye's jesus album and be like yo this is he's the ahead shit. of his time yeah this is, this is the shit yeah usually when people are ahead of their time they're considered terrible or crazy so he's been called both mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah Steve Jobs, Elon Musk. I was, I was, also, I was, I was watching uh, this documentary about not a documentary, it was just a, sh- a short little film on YouTube about Jeff Bezos. Man, that guy, that guy's a super villain. Right? I saw him. He was like, he was very skinny. His hair was patchy. And he had this look in his like. He was very smart. And I know, growing up, like people might have given him a lot of shit mm-hmm. for being nerdy. And you know, he's like, he said, hey. People kept, people kept on telling me, like, yo, you sell books. Like, you sell books. Like, what is, how is selling books going to be successful? And he goes, well, it's all about the customer service. It's all about customer service and user experience because that's what drives everything. Yeah. And now I understand why these tech companies are taking data. Like, data is gold now because how can we improve our customer service? How can we better serve you? And so now he's the world richest. Now he's well, Elon. He was the world's richest man, and now Elon Musk has overtaken him as the world's richest man. That's crazy. Uh, also, it's just crazy to me how much money there is in the world and how little it is spread out. It's kind of sad to me. Like this thing, this man-made creation, money, currency. It's, it's a tool. Um, and how, like, it's, it, yes, we need it. We definitely need it. And it's not being given to those who need it. Yeah. And so the people that created, I, I believe, created this. And one of my boys, his life mission is to make sure it's fair. So maybe 10, 15 years, 30 years in the future, you know, we might see what he got going on and, you know, it might become more fair in the future. So I'm very optimistic. 
because you know there's people like him in the world who are dedicated to making a change well that's good i love you know and i love hanging out with people who think big picture that want to make a difference in the world that that aren't bogged down by oh my goodness the world will never change we've seen like we've literally like these tech giants have now made a huge impact and no one would have ever thought the internet would have the power it has today Mm -hmm. no one would ever thought it just another thing but you know i'm very excited for the future to see what everything holds yeah me too all right so we're nearing the end of the podcast episode do you have anything final you'd like to say um don't steal someone's culture okay (laughs) don't do it you're gonna end up on the news you end up on here if that's (laughs) if that's your dream (laughs) and go do it well that's how you can finally get on the podcast you gotta do some (laughs) some bad shit yeah all right yeah well that's that was a good episode a good episode of my my it's always a good episode it's always a good episode (laughs) link up all right yeah we're gonna sign out in three two one zero